So hello and welcome to Draft in the Tricks. This is your place to be all things EPL Draft Fantasy. Uh, it's just myself and Mick today. How are we doing, Mick? I'm good, mate. How are That's you? good. I'm very, very well. It's a bit odd, isn't it, in that it's been a few weeks, hey? It has been. We were just talking about this. It's been over three weeks since we last recorded a pod, but somehow in all that time, we've only had one game week that's actually happened. I know, which makes it really... You'd think that it would make it easy to know what has happened, but I've just found it very difficult to actually grasp where we're up to, uh, what we have talk, spoken about in the podcast, um, and what we need to talk about. So we'll get we'll get through it tonight. We'll get through it. But obviously, Dave and Gilby uh, aren't with us this evening. Do you... Uh, I, I think that uh, Dave is secretly um, just incredibly upset with the Watford developments. That's my my thoughts. Do, do you have any other sort of theories as to why he's not here tonight? Well, his, uh, his excuse to us was that he's preparing his application for when uh, Slavin Village gets inevitably sacked in about three days' time. <laughs> yes, um, so he doesn't have long to prepare it. So that's what he'll be on. Good. Did he win anything with his, with his son's football team? Can can he throw that on the CV? Is is that something he's done, or is he, is he just going to sure. make something up? Yeah, probably. Did you know what? Pretend. That's all they seem to need, isn't it? I've never heard of any of the other managers they've ever signed. So how would he be any different? <laughs> yeah, he's got a pretty good shot. Now, I think when that happened, obviously Dave is always up to date with it, and he uh, threw it in a group chat. But uh, didn't you mention something about West Brom in the championship? Yes, yeah, so... how they're doing in comparison. Off the top of my head, I think uh, Watford have something like 14 points from 10 games. Um, they're sitting mid-table somewhere in there. And we've got uh, Steve Bruce at the helm for West Brom at the moment. We've, in our 10 games, won one, drawn seven, lost two. And we're currently sitting 18th, yet somehow he's not under seemingly any pressure to lose his role. So, I mean, we've there's only one team out of the 24 in the championship that have won less games than us. Um okay. We've only lost two, so there's a positive. Yeah. Um, and we've got a positive for and against somehow. But what? seven draws from 10 games is... Uh, and I'm pretty sure in the majority of those, we've conceded first. So I reckon if there was a time spent in front stat, we would uh, we would be pretty darn low on that. Yeah, okay. So underperforming on that front, which doesn't make it easy to win games, I wouldn't imagine. No, no, definitely not. So... I would love to say we've had the hard run, but I think we've even had some easy games in there that we should have won. So hopefully we can turn something around, but it might be a case of uh, get some good performances and hopefully build for next year. Well, we might touch... I've got something to ask you in terms of West Brom in a moment, but just back on, on Watford, um, I think it's they've had nine managers in four years now. That's yes. that's where they're at, nine managers in four years, which is pretty... Uh, is that counting pretty, pretty the one happy. they had... Is that counting the one they had twice? Oh. Because they had one and then like two years later, they brought the same dude back again for another okay. like six games or something. It's probably just pure managers. So that means that, that means there could have been 10 changes. Yeah. So pretty extensive, Impressive. pretty extensive. Impressive. And I'm not sure it's really working all that well for them. Now, obviously, Bilic, is a, he's been there. He's done that. He knows what he needs to do. But um, yeah. I mean, he's he knows that as soon as he if if he gets off to a bad start, well, the, the trigger's just going to be pulled again, right? Yeah, well, he was uh, a former West Brom manager um, mm. two two or three ago now. Um, did quite well with us. I yep. had us playing some decent football there for a while. Yeah. Um, 
probably unfortunately for him relied a little bit too heavily on his uh is it Croat or Serbian um contacts? So uh, um, yeah. Branislav Ivanovic was one that he brought in. There was another That's guy right. off the top of my head I can't remember and just yeah. didn't quite pan out the way he wanted it to. Um and we just didn't seem to give him that much time and they've brought in someone new and uh, I think that might have been when they brought in um uh Val can't even think of his name right now, but a guy that came up from a lower league, uh, from Barnsley, sorry, from a lower team in the league, started the season on fire and then just everything fell apart. And now we've got Steve Bruce and he's meant to be the guy that gets you promoted and <laughs> can't even win us a game at the moment. Well, you've got uh, Tommy Rogic coming in. Yeah, so... We do, we do. Has he actually played any minutes for you yet? I don't think so, no, because we've played one game since then, obviously with um, a round that got uh, postponed. Um, but yep. I don't think he was cleared to play. He wasn't on the bench at that stage, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong, but I don't think so. Well, I'm very interested to see how he gets on uh, in the championship and whether he gets good minutes. So who, who knows? It seems Riley McGree's getting pretty good minutes at uh, Middlesbrough at the moment. Yep. So it'll be great if uh, Tom Rogic gets some good game time, obviously leading into World Cup. He's a quality player, but I think you've got to assume that the championship's a step up from the, the Scottish League, right? So... It'll be interesting Absolutely. to see how he, how he's actually used, considering he's quite an attacking player. And I'm not sure Steve Bruce is one to use at number 10, generally. We we kind of play a, a 4-2-3-1 at the moment. Um, but okay. the guy we've got playing number 10 at the moment is one of his other new signings. So I'm not exactly sure where they're going to play, if they're going to change system at all. Um, maybe they'll go to a, a double double kind of 10 or even a double 8 kind of role. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It'll be interesting. Not quite sure what they're going to do. Hmm. Well, he's hoping he gets a few minutes. And um, I was listening to a uh, um, football weekly, the football weekly podcast, and um, they had a uh, who was in charge of the sort of the supporter group of Watford on the podcast, talking about just what the whole experience has been like since the new ownership sort of came in. And obviously, I think fans are getting quite disillusioned at the moment with uh, all the sackings, uh, and are probably a little bit over it. So, and and they had an interesting quote like when this the manager who's just been sacked was brought in, like the the quotes were very much like you know this is the guy that we want to bring in to you know for for long term success you know we want to build a future around this person with this squad, and uh, those words haven't lasted all that long so it's a bit of a shame isn't it so it's a good one to listen to if you're interested in, in having a bit more of a reaction of uh, how Watford fans are taking it and it would be good to talk to Dave but I'm sure we'll be able to talk about it next week um, when Dave is maybe finishing preparing his uh, resume for the next time around so that will be good um, I don't know if there's too much else to talk about in the world of football over this last few weeks obviously there's been uh, you know not too many games go about but um, has anything else caught your eye uh, nothing major. There was obviously a, a few internationals, obviously leading. I think this was the last international break before the World Cup, other than maybe a send-off game. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, only internationals there. Nothing major. Obviously, England's doing what England does and performing poorly at the moment. Um, did have a three-all draw with Germany, though, where I think all six goals were scored by Premier League players, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that... Graham, they're already saying Graham Potter may... Uh get the nod um, quite quickly once um, the World Cup's over. So that'll be an interesting one for Chelsea fans if he decides to go over. 
I can't. That would be a no. Surely, if he's just taken that role, he wouldn't, right? Who would think so? But uh, the the other thing, the other thing that has happened is Brighton has the new manager replacing Graham Potter. Now, I I don't know much about the dude. Um, Apparently, he had a short playing career. Um, But has he? Was it come from Shakhtar or somewhere like that? Um, Um, He's Italian, I believe. I don't know whether he was in the Italian league at some point, rather than Zerbi. Let's have a quick squeeze. See, Gilby was only forty-three, so he's quite. Yeah, yeah, he'd be ready, wouldn't he? He he would have been ready with all this. We're so sorry that Gilby's not here having this discussion with us because he would he would have all this ready. So yeah, our apologies for that. (laughs) So he he was. it says something when he's playing senior playing career. Um, his Wikipedia page starts at ninety eight. Dude's not that old. Um, it, when your playing career almost starts in the two thousands, you know it's not that old. But he played predominantly. Yeah, he's Italian dude. Played predominantly in the Italian league. Got loaned out a few times as people do. Um, but then he's managed Palermo, Benevento, Sassuolo, um, and then went to Shakhtar Donetsk. Okay. And now he's gone to Brighton. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see a decent step up there. Um, but I can't blame him for wanting to uh, leave a Ukrainian team at the moment. I don't understand it. I've, I've heard that he's very attacking, um, mm. which I think suits what Brian tend to do. Um, and that's why Ange Postacoglu was, you know, uh, linked with them as well, just because of how he likes to play. But uh, I've, I've heard it's, yeah, very, very attacking sort of football. So that'll be... Interesting to see what he brings and if uh, they can continue the really good form that they're on. Because realistically, you know, he's left them in a really good position. It would be a shame to see them sort of tumble, but yeah, you just never know, do you? Yeah. Well, it's probably best to start talking about our particular draft fantasy league, which is what we like to do. Um, because we have had some games, uh, well, a whole game week sort of not go, and then some reduced number of games in the game week that did between our last podcast, we'll do our best to go through and sort of highlight where our teams are at. Um, did we decide we're just going to look at the latest waiver wire, Mick, or are we going for So we'll, we'll go through game week seven, which is the game week that didn't happen, and uh, game week eight. Um, but what we might do is we might only go through the trades that actually happened and not worry about any trades that didn't go through. So we'll just yeah. go through the accepted ones and not the denied and not what the intent was for others. So I can go through that now if you want. Absolutely. Did, uh, did okay, you... so... I was going to say, did you want me to bring that up on the screen or...? Absolutely, you can bring it up so everyone else can see it. I've got it here as well, but by all means. Okay. Um, so I remember last time we spoke about this is that there was two major um, players that were in the free agency. Um, Because this might have been the first transfer after the transfer window closed too. Um, Yes, it was. So Craney picked up up, uh, Aubameyang, dropped Kiefer, I think it's Kiefer Moore from Bournemouth. Um, As Gilby would say, that's pretty straightforward. That's an A. Um, Ben picked up Anthony, dropped Harvey Elliott. Again, I think that's an A. Elliott's been starting in midfield. They have midfield issues, but I think purely on uh, potential value, Anthony's worthwhile having there. Mm. Um, next was myself. I did try for those two, but couldn't obviously get them, but ended up sticking on Fafana, um, trying to get into Chelsea's back line, um, dropping Nathan Ake, who was carrying an injury at the mo- at the time. Um, and just with Laporte coming back, it's a bit hard to know where they're at. 
Nathan was next picked up a Kanji. So another new signing for uh, Man City, dropping uh, Dyer, one of his own Tottenham players. Um, can't really blame him wanting to get into the uh, City defence. I believe he may have Laporte as well. So maybe he does, he's yeah. hedging his bets there that if he has one, one of the two will play. Um, fair enough. If you guarantee it, that's, that's worthwhile. Um, next we go down to Dave picked up Sergio, Sergio Gomez for Aaron Cresswell, um, left back for Man City. I'm assuming with, I think it was Kyle Walker went down. He's expecting Consolo to move to the right. Gomez to start at left back. Um, fair enough. Cresswell's I think is okay, but obviously they haven't been the best team so far this year, West Ham, nowhere near where they were last year. Very much underperformed. Um, that's an interesting one, but I, I just I see, maybe maybe it was Gilby, but I seem to remember one of those two boys when I mentioned that Gomez had signed that he'll immediately get loaned out, won't get any playing minutes, and I just found it interesting that he'd immediately got picked up by someone. <laughs> uh, going further down the list, Jeff oh, dropped Bobby Firmino, one of his own favourite players, and picked up a fantasy favourite, uh, Calvert Lewin. Um, so it was <laughs> potentially. Was potentially returning that week, I believe. Um, I think it's so Gilby's un- favourite player. Is that right? Yeah, I think maybe that's why he wanted him uh, to try Trade and pay him off there. So yeah, makes I sense. mean, with with Jota coming back, I, I can understand why he's done that with Firmino. Um, next up was Gilby, so he's dropped John Stones and brought in um, Kufal, West Ham's right back. Mm-hmm. Interesting decision when someone else is dropping. Uh, probably, arguably, more creative, especially from set piece. Mm-hmm. Um, West Ham back, so that's an interesting one there. Next was yourself, Isaac. You dropped, uh, you swapped leads attackers. Um, so Sinistera came in for Aronson. I'm assuming purely going for attacking output there. Mm-hmm. Probably yep. you, got, you got a bigger return potential with Sinistera, but more consistency with Aronson, I would argue. That's the feel. I think before everything happened where game weeks weren't being played and whatnot, there were some injury concerns, which I think Sinistera meant he was probably going to play. And he scored a goal the week before, so I'm like, ah, let's bring him in. Let's see if he's going to continue. But, you know, with everything that's happened now, not sure how we'll go with that. But, yeah, that was the idea. Fair enough. I thought it might have been because I had him in my multi the week before that to say he'd score, and he did. So maybe I was influencing you there, I thought. There was was that part of it as well, Mick. So the the lesson is if you can get part of your multi right, people will jump onto that, you know. (laughs) I thought it was if I put something in a multi, you'll just follow what I do, but we'll see oh, where careful. that goes tonight. <laughs> um, then, then we got back to the start there. So Craney was next, picked up Joe Gomez for Ben Mee. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it might have been one of the Liverpool defenders was carrying an injury. And I potentially actually, that might have been the week Trent didn't start and Gomez played it right back. Um, so it might have been a bit of thinking there to get a bit of an attacking output. Interesting one. I guess chances are you'll still have a player of Mies quality to come back in. So there's not really a massive loss. If it pays out great, if it doesn't, so be it. Um, Nathan next picked up Gordon from uh, Everton, Anthony Gordon, uh, dropping uh, Felipe Coutinho. Um, Gordon's an interesting one. He's been, he's kind of been our, the top player in terms of points on the free agency, the entire season, yeah. him and Damari Gray have both just sat there Um he, it's almost like no one's willing to touch an Everton attacker at the moment. But considering that um, DCL has been out, it's kind of surprising Gordon sat there for so long because he'd been playing out and out striker. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see whether his value holds in that time. 
or whether it starts to diminish now with DCL potentially returning and with Morpai having come into the league. And he started pretty well for Everton. Yeah. Um, going down the list a bit further, we've got a... Jeff has brought in Lissandra Martinez, the men U defender for Ben White. Um, bit of an interesting one, I thought. I thought Ben White's been pretty good. He's been playing right back as well. Not the most attacking guy, but we'll get there for set pieces. And any wing back in this league is generally going to be slightly more attacking than a center back. Um, yep. So an interesting one there. And I wouldn't especially say that Man U's defense is stronger than Ben White. So that might have been a one-week hit. It's hard to know when it was about three weeks ago now. Uh, so let's assume that's what it was. Um, we go down to Isaac. You picked up Morpai, who I just mentioned, and dropped Martial. I'm pretty sure Martial's been ruled out for a bit. He might be back by now, but at the time he was out for another couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'd rather – I'd have had him from the very beginning. He hasn't done anything. So I figured, hey, now's the time to maybe jump off and grab someone who might get some minutes. I think fair enough. Now with the uh, transfer window closed and mm. chance to replace it and the likelihood of Ronaldo leaving is significantly slimmer. Yeah. Um, I think it's worthwhile that Martial's not that not that high of value anymore. Um, then we go down. Jeff dropped uh, Cavallo, the, I think that's the young Liverpool midfielder. Um, is, picked yeah. up Hoiberg. Um, consistent player for Spurs. Twos yeah. and threes all round. May pop occasionally with a goal or an assist and attacking return, but not too much of note there. Then there was only one free agent for the round. Uh, it goes to Danny, picked up Leon Bailey, dropping to Silver. Um, we spoke about to Silver a little bit. Has probably overperformed earlier in the season for Brentford. Brentford do have a decent run of games, so it's an interesting one. Um, and they have a few injuries at the moment. I think there's a couple of long term ones in their midfield. Um, but I don't think there's much doubt that if Villa can get their attacking right, Bailey could be a good attacking player there for Dan. So that was yeah. game week seven, which was all, I guess, in preparation for that week. But then there was a, a certain queen that passed away and killed the game week and nothing ended up happening. So it was a bit of a weird kind of uh, transfer period where we all made these transfers and then it reset. Yeah. And if you were coming last, you then got another week to go again. So we'll go straight into game week eight, seeing as we got no... Um, no, I guess, matches or points to really go through. Now, there's significantly less action now, which I guess you'd kind of expect. It'd only be the ones relative to uh, this week that we'd have to worry about. So Ben started off, um, which first thing I'll say is Craney made no trades, which was a bit interesting. Um, I don't know whether that's purely because a couple of weeks off hasn't looked at it, but Ben picked up Solanke, dropped Amini. Um, I think that's a solid play Solanke and Bournemouth have good fixtures um, on the difficulty rating. They don't play a, a four-point fixture until round 17 now, so they don't play any of the really top teams for quite a while. Um, just unfortunately for Ben, Aweni did score in that game. So <laughs> hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, next next was myself. I picked up Damari Gray, who we were just talking about, um, and dropped Granite Xhaka, who I actually got in a trade, so I might even go across to that now. Oh, um, yeah. So the... There was a pretty big trade uh, this week. And I say big because it involves six six different players. So Jeff and I have been talking a fair bit and trying to make trades. I think out of probably everyone in the league, we're the two that really try to make trades work and we'll throw things around there. So it started uh, myself. I knew I had uh, Jimenez, Isaac, 
and Mitrovic as my three forwards, all of who were mid high to mid table teams. Um, obviously, Mitrovic not so, but he's uh, pro- more prolific than the others. Um, starting strikers compared to um, Jeff, who was I guess struggling a little bit for it. So I kind of went, well, I can get rid of one of them if I can get a, a good good defender in return. So the trade was looking along the lines of Jimenez or Isaac for uh, Kieran Trippier. I was trying for Robertson for quite a while as well. So that's where it started, but it ended up having to throw in a bit of a sweetener in there as well. So in the end, I've given up Pontus Janssen, Harvey Barnes, and Alexander Isaac. So one from defender, one mid, one forward. Um, and in return, got Kieran Trippier, uh, Granit Xhaka, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So in my opinion, I've upgraded my defender. I, I still think Janssen should be in someone's team. I definitely think he's a top 40 defender um, yep. for Kieran Trippier. But I, in my opinion, Trippier is a top 10 defender. Um, so that's where I've upgraded myself there. Yeah. Um, Harvey Barnes, I think he was my round four or five pick. So he's pretty up there for me. But Leicester have just looked awful this year. They just haven't done anything at all. So in saying that, I think you're willing to hold him over a Granite Xhaka. Um, so I will say that that's a, a win to Jeff. He's upgraded there for um, Barnes. Um, in saying that as well, Xhaka's been more attacking this year. Um, Jeff did put that to me as well. And it came out that week and actually got an assist in the first game that I dropped him for. So that was an interesting one. And then the last one, obviously, like I said, the sweetener was I gave uh, Isaac up to Jeff um, in return for Calvert-Lewin. Obviously... I would say that with the history of this season so far, you'd say Isaac's the better striker. Um, but Isaac may have just picked up an injury in his Sweden international break. And Calvert-Lewin, as it's turned out, has had an extra two, three weeks of recovery. So I'm hoping that one might actually play out. The, the issue for me is how Morpai has been playing um, and whether DCL goes straight in, whether they play two up top or how they work that. So a bit of an interesting trade there. Um, do you see any side that probably gets a, a better? Which side would you prefer to be on? I guess. I think it was interesting that you've sort of you've sort of answered that question for me because you you, you acknowledge that yep you've you've got an upgrade in your defence, but then it seems though Jeff has got an upgrade in his midfield and his and and as a forward as well, so. I mean, I gotta say that if it feels like Jeff's been a bit of a winner there in terms of that one, um, but again, it's just how much you value Trippier in terms of how many more points is he going to get than Jansen, and if you combine the three, how many more points are you going to get in comparison to the three that that Jeff got? So, um, yeah, I think uh, I reckon I'd, I'd want to be on Jeff's side there to be fair at this point, but it just depends how well Trippier goes. Oh, yeah, I, I think with with Harvey, if, if Leicester pick up, I don't think there's much doubt because Harvey Barnes will be an attacking outlet and I think they're going to win that quite comfortably. In saying that, if Calvert-Lewin can come anything back close to what he started last season at, which I realise that is a long time ago now. Yeah, I was going to say, Ever- you've, you've got to remember... a completely different team. Yeah, you've got to remember that. Like, that's a year. He hasn't played for a year just yeah. about. So it's a... And and I think at the moment he's still got a yellow Dorito Dorito of death. Yeah, um, I don't think anything's been updated for quite a while though. Okay, sure. Um, and I think they wait until the press conferences, which might be happening over the next kind of eight hours for yeah. for our time here. So I think that's an interesting one. Um, my kind of 
not worry necessarily, but with Isaac is St. Maximin has been injured the last couple of games for them. Um, so has Callum Wilson. So how does Isaac's role change? Will he be on penalties when those two come back? Um, yes, I realize that TCL still has that same issue, but I'm like, maybe his value drops a little bit. So maybe I should cash in while he is hot because Isaac has been hot to start this season. He's scored a couple of goals straight away. Um, yep. And I think in my head, I, I think I'd prefer to try to split that attacking forward that I had, or attacking forward line that I had up. So yep. interesting to see how that one plays out. Um, but hey, there's been a trade that's been made. There hasn't been that many this year. So it was good yeah. to see one actually go through. So, yeah, and sure. in saying that, the first thing that I did was I dropped Granit Xhaka and picked up Tamari Gray. Um, I said that to Jeff. I told him he said the same thing to me. Um, we'll get to that one in a second. So Nathan was next. He picked up Diego Costa. So the new signing who I might say had one of the best signing reveals by Wolverhampton. I don't know if you saw it all on Twitter and on their socials. I actually didn't watch it, but I heard about it through those different mediums yeah just yeah just some uh social media sorry some photoshop type stuff where they have a, a wolf the face of a wolf and then they kind of like almost strobe lighted into diego costa's face which it was uh, quite impressive and with uh diego costa's history and i guess aggression that he's known for it was it was actually quite quite good to watch so nathan's picked him up um dropping adams from southampton which i can understand why he's picked up costa um jimenez pulled out lame in the warm-up a couple of weeks ago um if he if he plays for wolves fair enough i don't necessarily understand everyone seems to be picking up and dropping adams like he's a 25th 27th 30th ranked striker um he's started i think almost every game for southampton he's let me have a look he's didn't start week yeah he didn't start week one um came off the bench and scored two in week three Mm -hmm. other than that's played 90 minutes straight um, and if you look at that ICT index, which I know is not a perfect kind of uh, ranking system, but he's ninth in terms of influence, creativity, and threat in the league. Yet apparently, no one in our league ranks him in the top twenty-seven. So I would say it's probably got to do with Southampton more than him. And quite possibly, at some point, he will score a run of goals. So it's just going to be who picks, who who decides to take the risk and pick him up for those particular runs. Because yeah. I mean. Uh, let's have a look at what his run's going to look like. It's pretty tough next couple. Yeah, Everton, who defensively have actually been good this year, and City not as much. But then it, it comes okay for West Ham Bournemouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's very hit and miss. So, I, I would say that's a pretty stock standard. It's not particularly easy. Um, but I guess the, the big thing with forwards is there's no risk in playing a forward against Man City. Yes, there's risk in playing a goalkeeper against them or a defender against them in terms of negative points. Ford's never going to get you negative points. They just won't give you a return. But if you guarantee two, that's better than something else. I I think as well, it it depends on the makeup of the rest of your squad as well because you might have some other players who are at risk of just absolutely blanking. So you're like, well, I'd rather put a Southampton striker who's playing Man City in in that case. So, absolutely, fair enough. Absolutely. So interesting one there. I, I would expect Adams might be the uh, Chalibur of this year by the looks of it. The guy that goes in and out of a few different teams. Um, we yeah. haven't really established one of them yet. Um, next up, Jeff picked up Dyer, who got dropped the week before by Nathan um, and dropped Pontus Janssen, who I mentioned. So yeah. I found that interesting. Um, I've spoken about a few of the stats for Janssen. Brentford's defense has been pretty good. They've got a 
pretty good run of form, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know if you want to bring it up there. Yeah, some great fixtures. So I'm surprised he's sitting there at the moment. Um, and he was the he had the most big chances last year for Brentford as well. So yeah. that, I found that a bit of an interesting one. But I mean, going in for a Tottenham defender, um, can't really blame it. And I think one of the other Tottenham defenders might have just had an injury at the time as well. So fair enough there. Yeah. Um, next was me picking up me. So, and that, that was part of my thinking when I made that trade as well is I knew I could give up Jansen and get another Brentford defender almost yeah. of the same quality. Yes, maybe not quite the same attacking returns, but I would argue Ben Mee is as much of a threat on set piece as Pontus Jansen is. Well, it looks like you'll be able to get Jansen back next week if you really want well, to just swap and that, with that was my other thing as well. So I'm like, I'm not really downgrading there. Um, I've changed who my fifth defender is i've upgraded Trippier into my third or fourth defender maybe mm-hmm. even second arguably mm-hmm. um and i can still get back that fourth fifth defender that i had so there's, there's some potential there for myself um and i dropped a stupid end for that so i i still think a stupid end will get picked up at some point i think he's that good attacking wing back the issue now is with potter gone is no one's going to take that risk until they settle into the new manager i think yeah yeah um, then the last one of the waivers was oh me again. I dropped Fafana. So the new manager again, I um, wasn't sure what exactly would be happening there. And I picked up Creswell. Um, the West Ham on set pieces, guaranteed 90 minutes. He's playing more of that left center back, I think in a back five. Um, but with West Ham who just aren't looking creative, anyone that's whipping balls in off set pieces is probably worthwhile. Um, and I thought, well, I think that was a one week hit at worst anyway. Their next three games, Wolves, Fulham and Southampton. So some solid games coming up for them as well. So that's why I picked up Creswell there. Then there was a fair bit of free agency action. So five more to get through there. Uh, Bobby Firmino got picked up for Adam Armstrong. So an interesting one there. Firmino's been in and out a few times. Um, Adam Armstrong, I can understand. It must be another case, like you said, of people just not trusting Southampton. Um, And then Ben made two, which... Was interesting. I was talking to him about these. He picked up um, Anderson for from Palace um, for Struik, which because I said to him, I said, look, and in all honesty, Anderson had been on my watch list since the very start of the season after that first game. On that, we we're talking about the IC, I mentioned the ICT, the influence statistic, which I don't exactly know how they, I guess, rate that, but he's number yeah. one. He yeah. is number one, which I'm assuming might just be how many passes and general involvements he has in the game. Not yeah. necessarily great in terms of fantasy points, but he's in and around the game all the time. Yeah. The issue I said to Ben is they're, they've just finished a good run of fixtures. The problem is, is they don't play, sorry, a hard run of fixtures. They've just finished a hard run of fixtures and have a good one coming up, yeah. but they didn't actually play that one round. So he made that trade and then I said, but you actually need players to play this round. So I think you might be better off dropping him to pick up someone else in the short term, which is then what he did. He picked up Ben White um, and dropped Anderson, which... Turned out great for him because he actually got a clean sheet off that Ben White trade. So That's worked great. out well for him. Um, last two were actually myself and you, Isaac. So I picked up Pats and Dakar for Jimenez. Jimenez had been ruled out with injury. I just wanted someone to get me any points, try and get as many players as possible. I got that with a lovely one point um, with a yellow card for Pats and Dakar. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening there. He pulled out of Zambian national duties with illness. Um, so I'm not sure if he'll continue starting for Leicester. So we'll see. Uh, and then you picked up John Stones and dropped Ben. Uh, is it Ben Dunk? 
Lewis Dunk. Lewis Lewis. Dunk. There we go. Hey, Lewis, Lewis. Dunk. So I'm assuming, had Stones been confirmed as the start of that week or just he willing was, to take the risk? It was fairly likely, given they'd had a lot of injuries and he was fit. So I figured, and, hey. And Dunk had no game, which is fair enough. Yeah, There's so that was, no that was risk. the reason why. Yeah. So that's the trades that have happened. So fair bit to get through and obviously no rankings like Gilby would. Um, Gilby next week maybe can just give me a ranking on how poor that was because I know we'd like to do that last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, he'll be more than happy to do that for you if that, if that's okay. Um, would you like written feedback as well, or is it just that A oh, to E? You know fine? what? He's a he's a he's a school teacher. He's on school holidays at the moment. He can do that for me, right? He's got spare time. Hundred percent. He'll be more than happy to do that while he's doing the rest of his reporting. Good, um, good, good, good. <laughs> No, look, a lot to get through, and I think um, I get the feeling some of those people that have been dropped will be picked up again very, very quickly in this next waiver. Yeah. There's there's a few names that really stand out there that I think are going to come in very quickly to some teams once the free agency goes through this this coming Friday. So I yeah. found it really interesting this season. It seems like maybe it's having done this for one season now, but people are a lot less reactive and more proactive. They're willing to drop players, which mm-hmm. means that players go between our squads a lot more regularly. Yeah. Um, so it seems like, and like I said, we had Chalaba last year, got in and out a few times, but I think everyone was more willing to hold someone for longer Yeah. last year. This year it is, you're missing two games, you're out. Yeah, I think people saw it as too much of a risk last year to drop players just because the way we've always played. But I think, yeah, you've got to realise that to pick up points and to make it so that the gaps in the table don't become too large, um, you really need to, be like you say, be proactive, get guys in who are playing, get guys in with good runs of fixtures, get guys out who you think have done as much as they can for you. So, yeah, I think it'll be very, very interesting what happens this next wave wire. And, yeah, I reckon there's going to be a few names that have gone out last week that will come in this week. So that'll be interesting to see. So hmm. it's probably time to look at uh, this, the, the, the league as it stands now. There was a reduced number of games this game week, wasn't there? So there was a few games yes. that weren't being played. I think it was the Sunday, oh no, Monday games. I think um, it was any game in London where the police force were required elsewhere. I think mm-hmm. they didn't have the security a lot of those games in London, as well as the uh, public transportation couldn't run to the yeah. same extent. Um, and I think there was one other game that got cancelled, Menu Leeds. I can't actually remember why. Was it moved because of... The same reasons? Potentially. I know Crystal Palace Brighton, it was down in Brighton, and they, they actually cancelled that one quite early um, because of public transport. And then the strike didn't go ahead, and they didn't have time to obviously say, yeah, we're going to play the game now. So obviously there's a few issues like that that have been going on. Uh, but all in all, um, I, I think you'll see that in reflected in the, num- in the points this week. So obviously... I'm not sure if too many managers actually got a full complement on the field. We'll have to track that as we go. But, um, yeah, definitely not as many points this game week. So we're going to have a bit of a look at that now. So I will throw that up on the screen. Let's have a look at the league table as it currently stands after game week eight. So we've got Craney still in ninth. Uh, yourself, Mick, you've you've gone downwards, unfortunately, yeah. this game week into eighth. Uh, Nathan's just in front of you. Uh, Ben's been the big mover this week, 
with 37 points, been able to jump up some places. But it's pretty tight there. There's a tight pack sort of forming from 6th to 8th. We've then got Dan, who's a little bit ahead, um, who had a pretty good game week. Uh, we've got Dave with a pretty dismal game week. Uh, so we'll have to talk through that one. Jeff in third, Gilby in second, and myself in first. I had a great game week, uh, which I was really, really happy with. So shall we jump into cranies? Let's do it. Okay, well, I'll go through this one. Crane, 27 points. So we see, you know, <laughs> Mendy, nothing. He's, he's got a whole bunch of people who did nothing. It was Son who came good for him finally uh, with 19 points. So It, it was the, off the bench as well, I believe. That was off the bench. So, I mean, hey, can you imagine what would have happened if Conte decided, nah, look, I'll just, I'll just rest him. I'm not, not going to put him on. Uh, Crane would have literally have had, uh, what's that, six points. Eight. Yes. So, oh, eight points. Yeah, I missed that other two for Johnson. So he only had one, two, three, four, five, six players play, and pretty much all of his points came from Son. So, you know, I think uh, he's very, very lucky that Son decided to have finally have a blinder for him. It's taken him some time, but I'm sure Crane is pretty happy that Son's finally got him some points. It, it's pretty unlucky that there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players. When there's only six out of the 20 teams that don't play, 30%, he has yeah. 60% of his team that doesn't play. It's, and I guess that's one reason why I like diversification in my team, not only for uh, changing and making sure if one team plays like crap to have someone else, but when games don't go ahead or there's rearranged fixtures that you don't end up in that situation. Mm. Absolutely. So 27 points could have been a lot worse. Could have been the worst round total we've ever had. That's what if it, it was only eight, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Son's really saved the day there. But, and, but uh, you know, the bright side is I'm sure he's really happy that Son scored some points. So that will no doubt be good. Mick, 31 points. Take us through your team, please. Um, did you have a full complement this week? I tried to set myself up in a way that I would. Um, the exception being Calvert-Lewin. So I thought I would probably have 10. Um, which I was pretty okay if that happened. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I've scored 31, which I haven't been, I haven't hemorrhaged points in terms of how far behind I've fallen. Um, but in a round where I knew I would predominantly have more players playing than other teams, I think I, uh, I definitely got hurt by players like Sun coming good. Play, other managers in our team who are in our league, sorry, that have that really strong player they got points when they needed it. Um, and again, I've got Trent and Sancho, two of my uh, my premium players who weren't playing this week. So to end up with 31, look, it's okay. It's better than the first three rounds of the year when I had a full complement. So you know what? I'll take it. Unfortunately, and we'll get to it later, I'm still getting further away from the top. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, I'm setting myself up to have a, a couple of good rounds later in the season. So... I had uh, Leno and me both only got me one point, as well as Daka, um, who got a yellow card. I did get five from Trippier, a new signing, and five from Connor Cody, um, two from Criswell. So I would argue a few of those trades have worked out relatively well for me, um, some less so. Um, Bakia, uh, Bakayo Saka got me two assists and a clean sheet for nine, which really helped. Um, Pedro Neto got me two. Damari Gray got me three. Mitch Rich got me two. So not a whole lot there other than Trippier, Cody, and Saka. 
um, just appearance points elsewhere. But in a week like this, you just need as many playing as you can. I got that. Um, and yeah. when you look at my bench and the guys I had sitting there, Alison Sancho, Eze and Alexander-Arnold, I'm, I'm hoping that if one of those guys can fire every week and I can continue that, I should be hitting close to 40 most weeks. Would you have got more points this round week if you hadn't made that trade? Um, would have been assuming, assuming we didn't make any transfers as well. So if it was just those sure. six players that were involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Trippier got five. Calvert-Lewin, zero. And Xhaka, I think, got five. So it was about 10 points from the players I got from Jeff. Right. Um, in terms of... Obviously, you, you turf Xhaka really quickly, though, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I was always looking to do that. Um, Isaac got nine points, so I'm going to go with I lost the trade. Um, <laughs> Barnes got two, so there's 11. And Pontus yeah. Janssen would have got one or two as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, so okay. it was only a one or two point swing. Um, but considering yeah, okay. DCL didn't play, it wasn't that far off a, a pretty even showing. Yeah. Okay. Well... <sighs> Since you're confident you're going to hit that 40-point mark more often than not, and that's the big thing about this game, being consistently yeah. around that point. So if you're if you're confident that's going to help you get there, then fair enough. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Yeah, let's say two big hitters on the bench. Three big hitters on the bench for Big Alston as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, think, things, are, things are hopefully look up for you in the not-too-distant future. Um Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Uh, but that leads us to Nathan. So he was the round loser, uh, unfortunately, for Nathan, the defending champ, 20 points. But when you have a look at his team, you know, a lot of people who didn't play. So Ramsdale with six. Uh, is it a kanji? Is that how we're pronouncing it? I think that, so. Yeah, a kanji. So with six as well. So that's obviously bringing him in. It's been really, really good. Um, Gordon with two, Martinelli with two, Fornells with two, Vardy with one. Uh, Diego Costa obviously didn't play, but he was brought in. And then he's got Mount, Varane, uh, and Laporte on the bench, who, you know, you would think all three would probably start for him generally if they're all fit as well. So that's three good, fairly decent players who are on the bench, um, not giving him points. Uh, so, yeah. That, that's sort of where it lies, unfortunately, for Nathan. He just didn't have his, the numbers play that he would have wanted. Um, yeah. yeah. It, interesting one is, do you think Matip is a defender worth holding for as long as Nathan's held him? Having looked at Liverpool's defence this year, and this is coming from someone who has double Liverpool defence in Alisson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm. is, is the inclusion of Matip when he gets there, A, is he a sh- guaranteed starter? He seemed to be for 80% of the games last year, except for maybe a few where they specifically wanted speed and they played Canate. Yeah. Or is Liverpool's defence good enough and does he make it better? Is he a guaranteed starter and does he make it better when he comes back in to the point where he's worthwhile holding? I I think so at this point. If you look at how they're going at the moment, they haven't been all that great. So you've got to sort of say that maybe him coming back in will be give them a bit more confidence to not only defend well, but attack more, maybe. I know they're, they're missing some in midfield too, which I think is probably maybe more of an issue for Liverpool at the moment. But I would say that Matip is probably going to come in and start. And, you know, you may as well hold him. If, if, if the round hadn't gone the way it had with, you know, the cancellation of games and things like that, we probably aren't having this conversation as much because he's got a few more points. Yeah, but I, I, 
I think you may as well hold him at this point in time. Like I, uh, I don't know how close he is to coming back. That's probably one he, thing we can look at. He must. He hasn't look got like a Dorito, so. I, I, so he played ten minutes what... versus Everton, so he must be go. about ready. So I'm assuming he'll be he'll be playing next game week. Interesting, and I I don't necessarily I, I don't necessarily have an opinion either way. Yeah. I just found it it's 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 a hard one when he's also doing that with Laporte. Yeah. I think that that's the big thing for me is I can understand doing it for one, mm. but particularly two in the same line of your field mm. is risky. Um, but like I said, when I was going through the transfers, picking up a Kanji, I assume is that way to kind of alleviate that risk that one of a Kanji or Laporte he's assuming will start yeah. um, and hoping that he doesn't pick the wrong one and they come off the bench for a minute. And I think that's why if you're going to do that, you've got to make sure, yeah, the rest of your players are playing and you've got yeah. the best that you possibly can. Um, it was obviously just unfortunate that this game week happened the way it happened. So um, unfortunately that hasn't turned out well for him. He's been um, jumped by Ben, which we may as well have a look at now. So Ben has uh, got the both you and Nathan. Have you had any conversations yeah. with Ben around that? Is he pretty stoked that he's I have a little to... bit. It was actually his birthday uh, last week. I said, happy birthday. I got your sixth place. Um, and he, he, yeah, he was pretty, pretty happy. And like we mentioned, I mentioned it at the start as well. Um, I'll, I'll go through his team if you want there, Isaac. Yeah, but I, I said, I said to him, I was like, well, I've got a bet on for this game and it was for Jack Grealish to have a shot on target and he scored within the first minute of the game. So I found that, uh, interesting. Um, uh, I think Ben has me to thank for that. So we'll go through his team now. He's, <laughs> he ended up with, uh, 37 points there. Um, Grealish got 10 and Cancelo got nine. So that alone is equal to Hinman's son and almost Craney's entire team. Um, elsewhere, he almost doesn't Nathan's really... entire team, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's got Ben White for six, so a good pick up there. Elsewhere, it's two, 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 and two. So Henderson in goal, Walker Peters, Paqueta, Solanke, Antonio, and Embuemo, um, which means he did have uh, Ericsson who didn't play. Um, and he had Ben Davies, who also didn't play. So he had only nine starters. Um, but on the bench, he had Anthony and Sterling. Understandable, you're not going to trade them out for one week, probably. Um, and Thiago Silva, who I can I, I can understand why he did that. Um, didn't want to take that risk, particularly after having this good week. He is now fourth in the waiver wire. So if he did drop them, he's significantly less likely to be able to pick them up yeah. again next week. So. Fair enough, and I mean it paid off. He thirty-seven points. I think would have been about second for the round. Can we look at that midfield for a second? Fourth. Like, can you imagine if all those guys fire? Absolutely. He's his midfield is very strong. He has one cream of the crop premium premium defender. He's, I would argue, Ben White and Thiago Silva are in that kind of second, arguably second third category. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're they're great second and third defenders. Yep. Ben Davies, look, a, a Tottenham defender, I can argue is why he's your fourth defender. And Walker Peters, guaranteed to play it in an attacking role. Yeah, yeah, I can exactly. understand why he's there as well. And Southampton just need to be a little bit better, but he knows as a Southampton fan, he's pretty confident Walker Peters will play, so fair enough. Um, three strikers who are all going to play. That's it, three forward. And I spoke to him about Solanke. I said, look, they got a decent run of fixtures coming up. Um, he seems to have been in better form. He's been at the team for a long time now. So I can understand why you're going to, if you pick him up, he's guaranteed two points. Really? Yeah. Like, and I think sometimes in particularly as a forward is that's what you need. You need guaranteed 90 minutes. Um, and then just 
pick the right weeks to play them or always play them. Yeah. And like, I really like his team. The only thing that makes me hesitant to say that is that I said that last year in various parts. Um, so I, I do apologize, Ben, that uh, I did uh, maybe put the mocker on you a little bit. But if you look at that midfield, if they all fire for a couple of weeks, for three or four weeks in a row, like the sky's the limit, right? It could just all of a sudden and fire I, up the leaderboard. I did say that to him as well. I said, look, you, your midfield's really strong. What I would say I would at least entertain offers for is, like I said, diversification, Ericsson and Anthony. It's going to be interesting how they fit Anthony into the team, whether, mm-hmm. and I guess at the moment it's not too bad that they just play Rashford up top and they can play Sancho and Anthony. Yeah. Um, but when Ronaldo starts coming back, and I think Rashford might be carrying a bit of an injury now, is what do they do? Does Do they drop one of Ericsson or Bruno or a winger? Or do they go into... Are they, I don't even think they're playing the double double number six, are they? It's just McTominay or Fred now. One of them and Ericsson's yeah. playing as that kind of eight. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do because they kinda, they're a team that needs that screening midfielder. Um, so something's got to give. Which I think, well, I think they're expecting Ericsson to play a little bit deeper than what he traditionally would. Now, long term, that probably isn't going to go well. But yeah, uh, you're right. They do need probably. Well, you think Casemiro is going to come in, right? And, oh, and absolutely, yes. Be that screener a little bit more. But how they then? I mean, that means means McTominay goes. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see if uh, Eric Ten Hag uh, wants to do that. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. So I said, from your perspective, mm. I would be entertaining offers. If someone's willing to, and I will say, looking at Gilby here, if he's willing to pay a little bit of a premium, and I said this to Ben after, I think he got him at the start of round seven. I said, with the weeks now being off, you can effectively trade that first round pick of the week, for if you want it, for a guaranteed and known quantity. Because Anthony isn't a known quantity yet. So yeah. you can risk it or you can trust your instincts and go for it. So interesting to see what he does. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll. it looks like he will be playing right wing and Sancho will move to left, which isn't necessarily a great sign for me. Um, but hopefully if, if Rashford's carrying this little bit of a knock, then at least Sancho can get a couple more weeks still. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I like where Ben's team is going. So hopefully, you know... Uh, in his case, he can keep jumping up that leaderboard. And the next one to catch would be Dan. So 39 points, a couple more than Ben, which is excellent. 286 in total. Let's have a quick look at where those points came from. So Martin is with six. Uh, Diaz with six. Saliba, 15. He's been on absolute fire at the beginning of this season. I think he's been a bit of a smoky, really. Probably one of the best pickups of the draft, how late he went as well. Uh, Jesus with six. Uh, and then sort of appearance points uh, and a, a clean sheet shutout, I would say, for Bailey with three. So he's missed out on a few people uh, actually giving him some points. Firmino didn't play, obviously. Walker and Kelly with zero. Um, looks, look at the bench. we got Diaz. We've got Harrison. we got Cucurella. Three guys who would probably normally be in his team, um, you know, on, on the bench. So that's, that's a good sign as well. So... For, for 39 points, you've got to say it's, that's not a bad effort. And absolutely. And that's what I was saying before about, and I assume we'll see more of that kind of theme, is you know, a game week where you're expecting low scores because a lot of teams aren't at full capacity. To have that one guy that can come in and get your big points when 
you got three guys on six and a guy on 15, there's 33 points. That alone would have been enough for a, a mid-table finish this week. Yeah. And you wouldn't think it from a centre-back defender either, to be fair. No. So uh, he's, But he's been playing really, really well. Um, been really, really impressive. So, yeah, I'm sure Dan's very, very happy that he's been able to secure him in late on in the draft. Um, I guess the issue uh, in that Kelly may be not be starting all that soon. Walker, I thought I heard maybe was injured. I could totally be wrong, but obviously he was, he was carrying something, yes. So whether he's back, fit and firing, who knows? Um, but I guess two defenders who, you know, zero points in the last game week, that's obviously a bit of a concern. Cucurella, who knows how, what's going to happen there with Chilwell. So there's maybe something he needs to do uh, with defenders there, potentially. So it'll be interesting to see what he does uh, in the next week. But Richarlison with one point, would be a bit disappointed with that, considering, um, you know, it was... Uh, he's been in really, really good form. Like, if we have a look, a couple of games with a five and a four. Um, but, hey, Sons came on and did what Son does. So, that's that's a little bit unfortunate for, for Dan this game week. Dave next. Dave next. Let's have a look at day 24 this game week. So And, again, follows that same theme. It, what it could have been if it wasn't for a Spurs player. Oh, yeah. um, another one of those where, again, I, I went out of my way to make sure my team had 10 or 11 players playing. Um, Dave had one, two, three, four, five guys not play as well as the three on the bench. So eight to keep people not play out of his 15. So more than half. Yeah. So he only had six playing players because two of his available were keepers. Um, and he's still, I only managed to pick up seven points on him, which is uh, frustrating from my side, but... 10 points for Kane and seven looks like for Tielemans, which is a, a big turnout, which is probably an unlikely source of big points. Yeah. Outside of that, two for Bazuna, uh, two for Perisic, two for Jensen, and one for Sergi Gomez. So a few little uh, Doritos there with Odegaard, Zinchenko, and St. Maximin. Yeah. Um, Skamaka Sch- didn't play, and, and Botman as well, which it kind of seems like um, Newcastle are willing to rotate their centre-back pairings. Um, or trio, trios if they're playing three at the back. So Botman may not be the nailed-on player that um, Dave thought, thought he would be. So if he's yeah. willing to carry those injured players, it'll be interesting to see if he has to get rid of Botman to bring in someone that's guaranteed playing, if he's going to carry someone that may not already. Yeah, and I think you know Dave's pretty good in terms of willingness to bring in players at the right time. Like if he feels like, yeah, okay, I, I need to make a change, he will. But um, it's a bit difficult there when you look at those three Doritos of death, like three pretty big plays for him, yeah? So yeah. I'm not sure how willing he's going to be to part with those guys right now. So like you say, Botman might have to be sort of the sacrificial sacrificial lamb, so to speak. So that will be an interesting one. That will be a very interesting one. On his bench, uh, James, who's obviously solid. Darwin, who could be solid if he can stay on the park for any more than two games in a row. Uh, and Elise, who hopefully gets more game time from a Palace perspective. So a little bit on the bench there that he can maybe turn to. So it be interesting to see what happens this next game week. But uh, I'm, I've no doubt that if, if Davis has even bothered to have to check his points at this point in time, 
he might be a little bit disappointed with tw- only 24. So we'll have to see his thoughts next <laughs> next time he's on. Uh, that brings us to third place with Jeff, 38 points. So again, you know, pretty good of all, all things considered. Considering he tends to have lots of Liverpool players, for example, he's done pretty well. So Edison with six points, uh, Dyer with seven, Hull, uh, Hull, Hull, I'm going to butcher the name. Hold on. Hoiberg? Uh, Hoiberg, thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. I'm, like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to butcher this. It's going to be horrible. But uh, yeah, Hoiberg with five. We've got Foden with eight. So Foden came to the party. Uh, Isaac with nine. Dorito of death, unfortunately, though. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But nine points, obviously, he would have been pretty happy with that trade. But, you know, a fair few players that did not play. So one, two, three, four in his starting lineup. If we look at his bench, Diego Jota, who now should be available. Robertson, who I think maybe, did he get injured in national duty? No, it was right before it. They said he'd be out for two uh, weeks. But, okay. So there's a decent chance he'll be back this week, but it wouldn't yep. surprise me if they rest him for another one. Okay. Look, I mean, he's got three really good players on the bench who didn't play, who hopefully can come in and score some good points as well. But when you consider uh, Salah didn't play, Zaha, who's been in really good form, didn't play, Martinez, who's been better since uh, Maguire hasn't been playing, and Koulibaly, who... It's sort of been a bit hit and miss, but Chelsea are a good side who hopefully will come back with Potter at the wheel. You've got to say, it's a pretty good team, right? So yeah. you've done a trade with him, and I sort of think, well, maybe he's he's maybe he's maybe won that trade potentially. I mean, that's only going to strengthen him considering who's on his bench. Obviously, Derek Jota hasn't, hasn't played at all. I think maybe he's played very few minutes at this point in time. I so don't think he's played at all. He's played 10 minutes versus Everton. Oh, you so you can't imagine he's going to start the next game, though. So he's, it's going to be a sh- slowly but surely for him, too. But, gee, Jeff has got a good squad. He always seems to have a good squad. I don't know how he does it year on, year in, year out, but he's he looks pretty strong there, Mickey, you got to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, his fifth midfielder is Hoiberg, who has... How's he gone for the season so far? 33 points from seven games. Um, if your fifth mid is scoring more than four points a game, you're doing pretty well. Um, he's got Salah, who honestly hasn't even hit form yet either. So yeah. scary that if Liverpool can come good, uh, Jeff could very quickly make up the distance to the top. Absolutely. So that'll be one to, to keep an eye on, see what sort of plays Jeff makes in the next few game weeks. Then we've got Gilby, 35 points. Pretty good round, really. Um, and with that 35, he's had uh, two from Pope, two from Kafal, two from Target, seven from Dignay, who uh, has a lovely Dorito of death at the moment. De Bruyne with 10. Uh, Gunduan with one. Ward Prowse with one. Watkins, two. And Alvarez, one. And Madison, who's been really, really good form uh, with seven points. So, you know... We've got to be pretty happy with the Hall. If we have a look, Trossard, who's been doing okay, Chilwell, who's been uh, on fire when he has played, and uh, Dalit, who's been much, much better recently. So a good bench there who didn't play. He got as many people as he could on the puck, which is always nice, especially on a reduced game week. But um, look, you've got to say 38 points with De Bruyne with 10. It's got to be the highlight. Um Again, another yeah. strong squad, really. I 
I would almost expect Gilby would be similar to the same boat as me. He'd be disappointed that he didn't make up ground on people this week. Um, and yeah. we'll obviously get to why he didn't make up ground in a second, but he's sitting second overall, which is great. And 35 points would be almost smack bang in the middle. I think only one person broke 40 this week. A couple didn't even get to 30. So most people are in that 30 bracket. So he, yeah. he's pretty much done the same as everyone, but to have had 10 guys play as well as to have two sevens and a 10 to only then come up with 35 points elsewhere with two ones and four twos and then a no playing. I think he'd be a little bit frustrated almost with that. Um, and I, I particularly look at Nick Pope and uh, Matt Target for Newcastle, both playing 90 minutes against Bournemouth and coming away with a combined four points. Mm. I think that that's probably a frustrating thing for him that they managed to concede to Bournemouth who haven't looked that good going forwards. Um, and yeah. then West Ham against Everton losing 1-0 where, I mean, you, maybe you could argue, yes, that's probably what they would have happened, but Kufal obviously had no impact going forwards. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's probably a frustrating one as well. Yeah. I, just, I brought up uh, Gundogan here as well because obviously he's been really, really good. Um, and, you know, it's just unfortunate when you've got a reduced game week where this is now the game week where Pep decides that I'm going to bench him and only give him 18 minutes at the death. So, you know, that's got to be a bit of a frustration as well for Gilby because he has been on fire and scoring really, really good points. So, you know, if you have a look at his ICT index, you know, 16 from the league, doing really well. And it just so happens that this is the game week he gets benched. So, yeah, it's got to be a bit frustrating for Gilby, like you say, when you want to try and make up points on certain people and make yeah. gaps like, between others. I wonder if, and I've never really looked at it this way, but we, we've spoken before, and we've probably more so previous years, but the whole concept of handcuffing players. So if you have one player in a certain position, but also getting their backup, particularly for goalkeepers, because um, if one doesn't play, well, you get their backup straight away. You don't have to worry about it. I wonder if we should almost, and I realise I don't play the same role specifically, but should we almost be looking at De Bruyne and Gundogan and combining them into one player to say, okay, you're going to play these two every week, but if I don't get a combined 10, 11, 12 point return, it's a bad week. It's it's probably a little bit of an all or nothing strategy, but you're guaranteed to get, I would say you're guaranteed to get 120 minutes combined out of the two of them very rarely are you going to have both of them benched in a single game. Um, True. I, I, I think maybe that's a way you can kind of look at it. Maybe that's how Gilby is looking at it. Um, to say, look, I'm guaranteed to get 120 minutes out of these two players for a great team. There's a guaranteed 12 points. If I can get 10 or 12, that's five average. If you can do that across everywhere on the pitch, you take 55 points every week. I think that's a good way to look at it, to be fair. like, um, Like, realistically... Realistically, you, I think you have to do that with those two players in a sense because you know that if De Bruyne doesn't play, it's highly unlikely that Gundogan's not going to. Yeah, no, I think maybe so you're especially, right. if, yeah, especially if you look at it as De Bruyne will play. So you'll, you'll more than likely get the full or a majority of a match plus Gundogan starting half of them. Yeah. And like you said, if De Bruyne by chance doesn't, well, Gundogan will. And generally, he'll be very influential. So yeah. I'd say... As much as most of us maybe will, it's a, not a risk necessary to pick up Gundogan, but it's a hard person sometimes to carry when, because I had him towards the end of last year, because I looked at his underlying stats and they were fantastic. 
Yeah. But it's hard when you get game weeks like this where he gets 18 minutes off the bench and gets you one when you could have had a Harvey Barnes who's playing for an awful team and not doing much getting two. Um, but I guess if you're carrying De Bruyne, it probably makes it significantly less of a risk. Yeah. I mean, you know if if any one of those two is getting injured, the other one's just going to play all the games because yeah. they'll have to. So, yeah, you're right. I think uh, it's... I think 11 points from the two of them for the game is probably not a bad return, right? That's probably what you want. Absolutely. So... But like I said, when it's a reduced game week and you want to make up points, that's not what Gilby would have wanted to see, unfortunately. But uh... And in the one game that De Bruyne didn't start, which was against Forrest in the 6-0 win, he played 21 minutes, I'm assuming came off the bench. Gundogan played the full 90. And to be honest, in the 6-0 win, there was not a single attacking return between them. Yeah, right. That's unlucky too, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Very. <laughs> well... It's probably time to have a look uh, at the next uh, and final manager, which is myself. Uh, 46 points this game week, um, which I was very happy with. It's been enabled me to sort of uh, get a little bit of a gap on Gilby and Jeff, which has been nice. So we have a look here. Lloris with two, Nico Owens with one, Stones with six, uh, Gabriel with six, uh, Bernardo with six, Kuzevsky with five, Bowen with two, Mopayo with nine, Tony with two, and Harlan with six. Um, I've got those guys on my bench, so Fernandez, um, Marcia, and Sinistera, who did not play, um, and Pickford, who I believe is now injured as well. So, um, And oh, Larissa, I didn't realise, had a real death too, which, uh, oh, there you go, by injury. So I have to think about that over the coming days. But... Um, yeah, 46 points. I was pretty stoked with that. Um, I wanted to make sure I had a full team playing. That's really one of the reasons why I made that Stones trade as well, because I wanted 11 players playing so I could try and make a gap, because I realised that, you know, if um, there's going to be some double game weeks and things come up, so the more gap I can make now, the better, because those double game weeks might be a bit more difficult for me, potentially, just given that I had a whole load of people play. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I'm pretty happy with that overall. Absolutely. When, when six teams aren't playing and you can still get six of your players to score five points or more, you'd be pretty bloody happy. Um, and like I said, you, you've had a very similar strategy to me and the season's basically gone the same way the rest of the season has so far. And that, um, you've been really fortunate and picked really well in picking the players that have hit, um, I mean, Harland, man, it's, he's a freak. Just an absolute freak. 11 goals in seven games is unbelievable. And Morpai started really well for um, Everton and yeah. had the right defenders at the right time in terms of picking up stones. So yeah. uh, it's turned out really well. And oh, I mean, if Fernandez comes back in, if, if man, you can start playing well, Malasia and Sinistera, I mean, they're probably not exactly world beaters, but Sinistera particularly can probably get you a six to 10 point haul every now and again. Um, my, I guess I, my issue when I look at that is he's your fifth mid anyway, is how often you're likely to actually play him in front of someone. Yeah. Um, I look at it and the guys you're likely to probably bench most weeks are Henry, um, Sinistera, and then I guess you got the choice of Malassia and Nico Williams, 
potentially Bowen even with how West Ham's been, if they've yeah. got a Man City or someone like that, or, or a Tony if it's a really bad matchup. So yeah, it's it's a matter of, I mean, the guys you've got on the bench have probably come with some of your weaker guys, but I guess that worked out quite well for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I know that there's there'll be occasions where, um, you know, I'll just want to play three at the back and two up front and I can just put all my mids in. Like, I, I think that's... That's really what I know may happen because, like, more fire, there'll be games where I won't want to play him for whatever reasons. Um, if Calvert Lewin comes back and starts to play regularly, you know, more pay, he could get dropped. Who knows? Uh, you know, so there's, there's that possibility as well. But yeah, I think you're right. I've been lucky in that I've been able to bring in good players who are getting good points at the right times. And I'm still really happy with, you know, Bernardo and Kulisevsky in my midfield, considering, um, you know, I've got Bowen and Fernandes, who I still think both have a lot of upside. So I think that's sort of what what I'm hoping for at the moment, that those two in particular do go on a roll, considering I've had a good period of Bernardo and Kulisevsky. So if they drop them back a bit, those two hopefully can go on a roll and pick up the slack. So, um, you know... Both players that have scored 200 points before. So it's sort of... I'm really keen to see if those two start to fire. That would be a really good midfield. But, um, yeah, I, I was worried about Harlan. Uh, I think it was in the last podcast we spoke about um, do you cash in Harlan right now? Like, he's had an amazing start. Do you cash in? Do I think I brought that up, yeah. Yeah, do you, like, try and pick up, you know, a good midfielder or, you know, improve a particular part of your, your your other two sort of midfielder or defender. And I'm like, oh, after that conversation, I'm like, oh, I do it. maybe I should, maybe I should do that. Like he's like, he, he can't keep going the way he's going. Like, it's just insane. And then the other day I saw stats in that every club he's played for, he's scored a goal a game. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to get rid of Harland. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be silly. <laughs> that'd be really silly. Yeah, I think his entire career statistics, he's outscored the games he's played. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, and when when you consider that that's games played, not mi- like 90 minutes played, yeah. I reckon his per 90 stat oh, must be ridiculous. It'd be incredible, yeah. It'd be incredible. Oh. And I think um, it, it, Jeff came to me, got a hold of me, oh, would be early in this week, asking... You know, is there a possibility to do a trade that involves Salah and Haaland? Obviously, it would need to be a double. We'd, you know, need to um, look into that. But it was something you'd consider. And I said, mate, it would have to be very, very, very heavily in my favour <laughs> to get rid of Haaland. I don't think uh, that would, you know... It, it, I, I pretty much said that, you know, it would have to be very heavily in my favour for me to want to get rid of him at this point in time, um, especially after I saw those stats. So, um, you know, Jeff's doing what Jeff does, trying to see if he can prize away good players from people. But uh, so far I've resisted uh, and we'll have to see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. So Jeff, Jeff's on the prowl. He's, he's looking. He's seeing if he can Fair find enough. a weakness. Yeah, I get it. Very, very nice. So that's where we're at. So I'll just go back to the, the league table for a second. Um, just to do a bit of recap. Because like I said, I'm really happy that I've been able to put a bit of a gap now. Um, 
you know, not, not it's not a big gap by any means, but it just means that I've, hopefully over the next few game weeks I've got a bit of security there and I can uh, hopefully stay on top for a few more weeks before being chased down by you, Mick. Well, oh, I'm looking at my uh, my little spreadsheet <laughs> I've got there and you say it's not a big gap. And yeah. I realised to, to Gilby it's 14. Oh, I don't know how I can do that. Um, how did I do it last time? That's the third button along the list. Oh, shit. Oh. There we go. Here we go. Hey, we all practiced at this. Oh, this. man. This is foolproof content. All the, the zero streamers that we've got going on right now, they're going to love this. Is that going there for you? Can you see it there, Gil? Uh, oh, yes. I just had it pop up here. Okay, we perfect. Go. So there you go. Put points behind leader there. So I've got a little stat there now. I like to look at that so I can keep track of like where I am. Yeah. Um, zoom in a bit. Zoom in into it a bit. Oh, Let's make it larger. Things I know. Not like that. What are you doing? I know. I'm doing <laughs> great things. Doing great things here. So I guess that's probably the easiest way to look at it here. And so it basically looks at yourself. You or looks at whoever's leading and has the highest points and references everyone else from that. So I look yeah. at myself after I think it was game week three. I was 82 points behind, two off the bottom, looking awful, um, downward trajectory, and said, "Okay, now this is when I said I've got 35 weeks left. I need two and a half points a week to get myself back to where I want to get." And I made up six points on the lead. It was great. I made up another 12 points. It was great. Since then, man, I've just gone the other way. So now I'm back to 98 points behind. Um, so you said you don't have much of a lead. Yes, you're only 14 points ahead of Gilby, but you've got a 50-point lead on six of the other eight guys. Mm-hmm. That That's an entire round you could sit out and you'll probably still be ahead. Yep. Um, so the fact that you're 98 ahead of me, 134 ahead of Craney, who remember this first season playing, so I guess without wanting to sound mean, probably slightly lower expectations because um, it does take you a while to kind of get a feel for what type of players are at a, uh, I guess, a premium. Mm, um, yeah. And having the first draft pick, yes, I guess that probably made it slightly easier or having the first pick of where he chose from um, or early pick at least made it a little bit easier because you just pick the best player and everyone will help you. So like as much as we are rivals here, we are also aren't ridiculously mean. Um, but what, what I see here, and particularly if you look at the kind of the last kind of part of the graph, the trajectory there on the, the downward slope for everyone is – you need to stop having the top score every week or that's just going down every time. It's it's a lot sure. more interesting when you're in a mid-table and some of us go up and some of us go down. It's a little bit more interesting there, but it definitely, to me, makes it look like there's a, a bit of a consistent trend happening here now. Um, mm. And that, yes, like you said, there's kind of a, a close battle, 6th, 7th and 8th there and relatively close battle, particularly from 4th and 5th, but to a degree 3rd as well. And it's you and Gilby at the moment running away a little bit from it. So yeah. hopefully, like we've always said, that there will be changes. We're only eight weeks, I guess technically seven weeks into a 38-week season. Um, we can't expect the exact same thing to happen the whole time, but come round 19 or once everyone's played 19 games, I guess that excuse doesn't fly anymore because everyone's had the same chances. I mean, that graph really shows who's, you know, uh, Who's in form at the moment, really? Like, obviously, the leader is obviously the most in form. But yeah. Gilby and Ben in particular, like, their gradients aren't as, aren't as steep as everybody else's. So, they're, yeah. you know, doing really consider well. It, consider it from that kind of week four. Yeah. Um, and even to a, to a degree, Crane as well. Yes, he's had a poor week this week, but he steadied the ship relatively quite well mm. for three, four weeks there. 
yeah. stayed stayed pretty level. And um, like I said, I was actually on an upward trajectory for a couple of weeks, and then it's unfortunately come crumbling down. I don't know. It's it's one to keep track of, and I guess I'm also doing this because we've spoken about it before. Is when the new season rolls around, we completely lose everything from the pre- season before it. So if we can keep track of this, we can see how we all went and reference it in future years. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, that, that's a really good idea. So I think uh, we'll have to continue updating ourselves as to how we're going with that uh, as we roll through. I think um, this particular game week, well, it's, well, it's now it's time to look at that particular game week, isn't it? So if we have a bit of a look at the fixtures upcoming, I might actually put them up on the screen. Bear with me, please. So this week we've got Bournemouth Brentford. No, hold on. Is that right? There's one game above it. There we go. Here we go. So, yeah, North London Derby, Arsenal Spurs. That's going to be a good one, obviously. It's a sort of a top-of-the-table clash at this point in time, so that'll be a a, a bit of a cracker to watch. Um, Bournemouth, Brentford. We've got Crystal Palace v v Chelsea, another London Derby for you. Uh, We've got Fulham versus Newcastle. Liverpool versus Brighton. Brighton with a a new manager. That'll be interesting to see. Um, Southampton v Everton. West Ham versus Wolves. Man City versus Man United. Manchester Derby, Leeds versus Aston Villa, and Leicester versus Forest. So, I guess it's time to look at which games we, we look at. There's some obvious ones there, isn't there, Mick? So, the yeah. obvious ones are the derbies. The derbies. So, you've got Arsenal Spurs, you've got Man City, Man U. They're, they're the very, very obvious ones. I think the other ones that stand out for me, um, for a host of reasons, um, is something like a Leeds Aston Villa. Because, you know, both of them are sort of down in the table a bit. Both of them have good attacking options. It's just a matter of can they get going and can they actually score some goals. Um, The other one that sort of, I guess, jumps out a little bit would be Fulham-Newcastle. Because Fulham have been flying. Newcastle are a good attacking side. They've got a few injuries at the moment. And... But they've been they've been sort of scrounging out lots of draws, so I'm sure that they want to be doing better. They want to be getting some wins, but but that could be a really good match as well. They're the sort of the two that um, pop out to me. Is there any others that sort of jump uh, out at you? The first one I was going to point out to you as well is Fulham Newcastle. I think that's a an interesting one there. Um, yes, pretty much the same as you said before. Um, the the derbies. I mean, Leicester Forest for uh, the highest poor reasons could be an interesting game. I guess it's a chance for yep. Forest to potentially pick up three points where they wouldn't have yeah. expected it. True. Um, and they, they need it. Um, and on the flip side of that, it's a chance for Leicester to maybe get their season started the way they need it to and get some points to get themselves out of the potential relegation threat, which you surely you'd think they wouldn't get into that state, but they've got financial yep. issues. And if they do, man, it might be a very, very slow road out of the championship again. But um, another one that I'm I'm kind of interested in is Southampton-Everton. Um, Everton, really poor last year, scraped their way through, I think, in 17th, have actually probably been better than people have given them credit for this year. Um, mm. Haven't necessarily got the results to show for it. I'm just going to see if I can bring up the ladder here. But it's, it's an interesting one that I'm pretty sure I read a stat that there's something like the third best defense so far this oh, season. Wow. Okay. Um, let's see if I can find They're it. a so, really young side now too. So I well, think there that... you go. In, in seven games, they've only scored five, but only conceded six. 
Yeah, well. So okay. they've conceded less than Arsenal has, who's top of the table. The same number as City. They've conceded one more than Brighton, who have the best defensive record in the league. Yep. So their issue is they haven't been able to score. Now, I'm hoping that bodes well now that I have DCL, that if they can't score, well, hopefully they'll throw the two new guys that just signed, well, sorry, Morpai, and go back to their most prolific in recent years. Um, but yeah, the other one that I said, yeah, Forrest and Leicester, last and second last on the table, and they need some points. I know. They do. So, yeah, look, there's going to be a lot of good games this game week, and I'm sure there'll be lots and lots of uh, fantasy points that can be spread around all of the managers. So, that'll be very interesting to see. Mick, please tell me that you've got a multi going. Come on. I, like, I got you... one a second ago. Yeah, I did. I've got one. Because, I mean, parts of your multi have been actually coming off. So, well, like, you're, you're progressing. What, what I didn't tell you before is I told oh. you I messaged Ben about the Manchester City game, about Grealish. Yes. Now, I messaged him because. We didn't do a podcast. Everyone was giving me so much credit about my last multi, which was the game week that didn't happen. Um, so that's probably the closest I'm going to get this year Good. to winning. Yeah. But I put put another one on for the sake of it. And I actually picked it just in one game, Isaac. So I think it was about 38 to 1, or might have been about 35 to 1, in a single game. And it was for Wolves City to end as a nil-all draw. And I realized that's out there. Mm. and Jack Grealish to have a shot on target at any time. The best part is, after 54 seconds, I'd already ticked off one of those two things. <laughs> Jack Grealish had scored a goal. <laughs> Unfortunately, it meant the other one couldn't happen. Correct. So it was a, it was a 54 <laughs> second bet, but it was interesting. <laughs> but I do have one for this week. For a so, split second, you were like, oh, we're, oh. Yeah. <laughs> for, so this week's multi, I've got, in the North London derby, I've got there for, for there to be over two and a half goals scored. So three okay. goals or more. And yep. Harry Kane to score the first goal. Okay. I've then got Liverpool to beat Brighton. And mm-hmm. I've picked Everton to beat Southampton. Okay. Now that's oh. the entire multi. There's not that much to it. Okay, wow. I've okay. gone three goals or more. Harry Kane first and both Merseyside teams to win. Now... I've gone for Everton over Southampton. Everton's actually paying three dollars forty, so they're actually long odds. Oh, okay. So yeah. those those uh, I guess four things combined, or those three matches, is forty three dollars there. So obviously the tough one's going to be Harry Kane's score, um, and then for Everton to get the win. But Everton's uh, Southampton thirteenth, fourteenth on the table. Defensively, yeah. Everton's been really good. They just need to actually, and maybe with DCL coming back, they can do something. He does. I'm sure. Part of that multi may get up. Maybe. Maybe Liverpool will win and I'll be one for four. Yes. How good. Although Liverpool haven't been playing that well, so you never... <laughs> and it's against Brighton. They're paying a thirty-three, so that's really short odds for a fourth versus seventh on the table. And Liverpool is the seventh, I think it was. Yeah, yeah they are. They they've, haven't got the points that they probably would have wanted at this stage of the season. So, hey, you never know. But I think, um, you know, it'll be... Chelsea and Brighton in particular, because they've had their manager changes, we'll have to wait and see. Like, Palace are playing Chelsea. I would absolutely love for them to beat them. They've been playing good football too, but, um, you know, we'll wait and see what Graham Potter's done with them over the last few weeks. Um, and the same with Brighton. So, look, it's been a pleasure, Mick. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I think I, I think we've done pretty well without Gilby and Davey. It's obviously not never the same, but, you know, that you know, 
But overall, I'm I'm sure that hopefully they'll give us a passing grade. Well, you know what, I reckon we'll have a better viewer to panelist ratio than ever before, Isaac. You could well be right. You could well be right. So hey, let's let's leave that as the positive spin of the evening. So Mick, good to see you. Thank you very much. Um, and look, we'll do it all again next week. Cheers, mate. Lovely. Thanks, everybody.